to the crowd in three, two, one, now. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You're far too kind. Hold hold the applause. Hold hold it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate thank you. Yeah, shout out shout out to all y'all, man. Y'all y'all the ones that, that make it all possible, man. Um, welcome to the Ed Show, man. This is uh episode nine. You know, I pretty much forgot, you know, it's been a minute, man. I've been cast out I was out the game, man, you know. <laughs> Uh, missed a few weeks, but you know, I was just being a fan. I don't have a. I was thinking, like, man, what could I say to make it seem like, man, I was doing something important or busy, but it was like, man, I was just being lazy. And it was so much going on. I'd always, always like, you know, keep track of stuff, like, you know, in my phone, I write down notes. So if I see something or, you know, just put it in there, something to think about or, um, just to have it or whatever. Uh, but anyways, I was just, you know, just doing that. So much stuff was happening. I was like, man, I'm definitely had to put this on, but I just never got around to it. That and uh, having an eight month old son and working and refing basketball games. It was, you know, but that was just an excuse, I guess. But, you know, we live back direct in action. You know, I got a shout out to the podcast family, you know, uh, Shout out to Kilo, the regular podcast, man. You know, that's the wild card when you never know what you're going to get from anything. Like, <laughs> from rap beefs to daddy issues, straight up. Like, that, it could definitely be the random podcast or whatever, but it's always some good content. He's going to bring you some uh, some stuff, some good uh, facts as well. And uh, doing that, shout out to uh, Jimmy Black and Over Open Secrets. You know, that's... That's actually uh, Kilo's dad, and you know the app. You can see the apple don't far from uh, the tree. You know when you listen to the both the podcast, but you know he over there, he giving it to you for real. That's like uh, he remind me. Remember in Boys in the Hood um, when they was at the corner and uh, Cuban Gooding's character Trey, his dad. Played by Lawrence Fishburne, Fury Styles is just giving giving everybody a game. It just that's what when you listen to Open Secrets, that's what it feel like. Uh, so shout out to him, man. Check check him out. And uh, Industry Rule Number Four Thousand Eighty. Like I said before, man. Uh, Mellow D and D Town really got something uh, brewing over there. Like like they real brothers. So it's you know it's all the way real. And they them cast some hustlers, man. You know you. Uh, both websites, executivedtown.com, melody.com. They producing uh, D-Town in the studio. He rapping, got the merch, everything going on, man. So shout out to them, man, because, uh, you know, even if I don't record tonight, you know, I know they're going to have some good stuff coming. So that's what I do. I be a fan of the game, a fan of the other podcasts and all that. But anywho, let's uh, see what's going on, man. What's cracking with it? Alright, so, your boys, uh, Carolina Blue, man. The ceiling is the roof. Yo, I still don't know what that mean, but. (laughs) 
you know, they playing that all across the land over there. But uh, shout out to them. I guess I, back in the day, I used to low-key be a North Carolina fan, I guess, just because by default. But I, I don't really know. I don't really claim a, um, a squad in college no more. Uh, but they did the thing. Uh, Thought Gonzaga, I don't know if they had better players, but they was equipped to win. But like I said before, that's North Carolina, man. That's that's expected, you know, over there, uh, what they do. And, you know, the, tradi- the tradition, you know, that's over there. That's where Jordan went, man. The ceiling is the roof. Straight up. So whatever that means, it, it means something. And the shirts is going to come out on the Jordan brand. They're going to go for about at least starting at 50 with the championship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, shout out to them, man. But March Madness, it was... It was it was filled with a, a a lot of ups and downs and you know um, we all we all heard uh, De'Aaron Fox. It was tough. You know, uh, we had a hell of a season. You know, we went through that stretch and we lost those games and everybody shouted, everybody talked about you know how we looked like we didn't care and you know this isn't the locker room that looked like hey guys don't care. <laughs> I love my brothers, man. the thing about it it's only funny to me because like dude like how much did you really care you knew what you came to to kentucky for to get ready to go to the draft like you're not coming back next year malik muck was right next to him he just declared himself you know for the draft and go hire an agent but this is stuff we already knew that's why you went to kentucky like you're not really guaranteed a championship. That's not really what Calipari is selling these kids when he go uh, to visit them. He's selling them, you know, the uh, the pipeline to the NBA. You go there and you ain't even got to start. You know, Devin Booker didn't even start at Kentucky. He just dropped 70 points. So, yeah, yeah I got to throw that in there, Devin Booker. I missed that over the week. But like I said, there was so much going on, I couldn't. I couldn't keep track, man. But um, what was I? Yeah, man. But these kids, man. I, I guess they, they had a little cry fest. They felt bad for a minute, and they woke up like, "Wait, man, I'm going to the NBA." <laughs> I don't care about this little tournament. You know, they'll be straight. You know, uh, the other storyline. Uh, teams got it, it was. It was kind of a lame tournament overall to me, though. But what was carrying it was, you know, the LSU and the Lonzo Ball. Um, LeVar Ball put on for them. He took, he was taking pretty much all the pressure away from the team because nobody was talking about the team or, or, or Coach Alfred or the players, really. It was all about LeVar Ball. That was the person we seen on TV representing them. And he wasn't necessarily speaking for the university. And every, every breath, it was all about Lonzo. And, and we're going to hear more about him. But uh, honestly, uh, between the NCAA tournament, the, uh, the girls' tournament was the most interesting one to me. Um, obviously, you know, uh, UConn, UConn took up took a L. They won 111 games in a row. Like, you know, no... Division one team ever seen a hundred victories in a row, so that was pretty crazy and unexpected. 
especially coming from a a school that they had beat by 60 in last year's in last year's tournament not two years ago five years ago different like last year's last year's tournament um so yeah they they lost to mississippi state um we learned about uh morgan williams she looks pretty you know like one of them like feel good stories and she's been balling but the other story about this girl side was uh the south carolina gamecocks coached by dawn staley and i remember her she played in the wnba for the charlotte sting and i just I just remember, and uh, you know, so she coached and she got her squad. Um, and two of the girls are are declaring for the WNBA draft. Get paid, young nigga, get paid. But yeah, you would think yeah, get paid. But then I looked up like what WNBA rookies only like like getting fifty thousand to play. So it's like. Maybe the free education would be the the place to be unless they graduated, which they probably did because they, they might be fifth grade. I should have probably looked more into it, but that's just interesting to hear about a uh, uh, girl, college girls going, opting out of their senior year to go to the WNBA. And they actually can't even leave until they're 22. So it's nothing even like... Uh, the NBA. Now, uh, the WNBA really is not even what's paying. Uh, they play that in the summer and make a little bit of money, but they really go overseas, and that's where they can actually, you know, uh, make a living over there. It's more popular. Um, uh, But like I said, uh, the girls might have been a little bit more interesting and um, still got to, you know, see how that goes. But UConn lost. UConn's girls lost. And that's the story, pretty much. Uh, that and uh, two girls leaving early. And that only just started. Like, I looked that up, like, two years ago. It was, like, the first time it ever happened. So, I guess it's a new phenomenon or something like that. Um, all right. But, yeah, back to... Uh, I missed a lot. Like I said, I ain't been here, like, two or three weeks or something. LeVar Ball been blowing it up, man. Straight up, like, his ball head been everywhere. Like, you know, and, and a lot of criticism and a lot of people have been giving him praise. Me, I look at it as he's still smart and I know what he's doing. Like, even on the show when he when he is debating Stephen A or whatever, he's doing all of that with a smile on his face. So he's just really there to uh to come back on and even when he's on the TV with Lonzo, Lonzo don't got much to say. It's kind of like Lavar is the lawyer, or you know, he just speaking. He 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 gonna just speak for everybody and take the pressure off everybody. He did bash the kids' coach, um, the high school coach. Said he basically put him on. It sounded like an old rap beef. Like I put him on and he tried to change up. So yeah, he gotta go. You know, he made. He said him and his boys made Chino Hills, which could be true, possibly. But uh, end of the day, hate him or love him, we gonna see him. 
Um, as long as Lonzo balls, Jello balls, and or Mellow balls, and it's a good chance. Everybody's saying Lonzo, you know, that's obvious. Jello's getting a lot of hate, like he's not 6'6", 220, big body post up. He's playing like the current version of Carmelo Anthony. Like he gets buckets. He got a stroke. You know, everybody just looking, you know, it's not too much flash. Like you're not gonna see Melo going through the lane, dunking, all like that. You're gonna lay it, you're gonna get the easy, you're gonna get the bucket, you know? So, although I don't know, Lavar said he'd be the greatest scorer in the world in history. Um Maybe not that far, but I definitely think he's a formidable NBA, formidable NBA player, and we're going to see what he do at LSU next year. And everybody, you know, pretty much on on, uh, on Melo's balls. Like, Melo, you know, I guess he he the, he the boy. He the, he the prodigy. He the young one. He's supposed to be the best. But ain't no getting rid of LeVar Ball. If you hate him or love him, you got to get used to him, man. Big baller brand. <laughs> the dumbest name, but you know, most simplest thing, but they getting it over there, man. Alright, I'ma slide right over to the NBA. Alright. NBA is a lot going on on the NBA. We um um we getting right into the uh, the playoff race. We're gonna talk about that. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Yeah, we definitely talking about the playoffs. It's coming up. Um, so basically March, uh, the cast took off January of this year and they also took off of March this year In March, it was a weird month. Um, you had, um, multiple, multiple players coming back from injury, still has some injured, you know, like the Kyle Corvers uh, injured, Kevin Love came back, um, J.R. Smith came back. Um, the lineup switched up a bit. You know, uh, Derek Williams was doing a good job. He moved kind of toward the end of the bench. Darren Williams came came on the scene. He's backing up Kyrie. You see young Kay Felder uh, in street clothes. Um, you know, just a lot is going, a lot of uh, moving parts um, over there in uh, uh, Cleveland right now. Uh, so, you know, they've been losing. They actually was... Uh, like number two right now actually or is tied for first or something like that but it's the matchup versus Boston that's going to tell a lot but honestly the Cavs are not probably going to play a, a game seven in the playoffs so home court you know it really don't matter that much uh, but yeah so Boston's number one um, but they play at 50 and 27 the Cavs 49 and 27 uh so the East is pretty much it's still it's still open like all the way up to like the sixth spot. It's probably still open. Uh, like six through eleven can move um, for sure. So you don't know who the bottom is playing, uh, or you know who who any of the matchups will be. It's it's pre pretty much all a flip of the coin. All the games are so close, close together, but. We already know about the East and who's coming out the East. The the furthest I can see it going is six games to um, Boston. And that's, I don't know, maybe six games. Six games. Not, I can't even see six games to Toronto, really. Cal Lowry got his heart took in last year's playoffs. Um, so, back, we're going to go over to the West. 
Looked like Golden State got the lock. San Antonio probably pretty much strategically planned to be second the whole time because they knew they can just do that just off of who they are. Like that's that's what they do. That's what Coach Coach Bob run a tight ship over there. Um, yeah, the first three spots pretty much locks. Um, the, the Golden States, the San Antonios, and the Houston's. And uh, everything pretty much except the A spot, which is pretty much Portland. I, I predicted Denver would get it because, you know, it was pretty close. They made a good trade. You know, Jokic was playing like one of the best centers at that time. And, uh, but anyways, Portland, you know, they just went like uh, 13 and 3. They won the last 13 out of 16 games or something. So they they on the roll. And,. I don't know. They, I mean, they ain't got no KD, so they won't be Golden State. Um, but it's a couple teams with puncher's chances. Um, Houston, if Houston gets hot, um, that's hard to beat. They look like uh, another version of Golden State, but just put, uh, you know, uh, Steph and Clay into one, James Harden. But so watch out for Houston. Everything else, you know, pretty much is is, is Golden State coming out. Um, KD's supposed to be back, so we're going to see how that goes. All right, but the big thing about the whole NBA, the regular season, I guess, is about seeding a little bit, but the good team's going to always win regardless anyways. Like, the Cavs not playing defense right now. They can tighten it up. They've been there. They they know how to coast. Um, but the big, the, big, the big deal in the NBA is the MVP race. We watch the NBA – for the players. We like the players. They market the players. You know, you see NBA players in so many advertisements, endorsements, way more than uh, football or pretty much any any sport in America, domestically, obviously, across the world is football. This is American football. We, You know, anywho, I'm just going. But it's... uh. James Harden is is a legit candidate. Russell Westbrook is a legit candidate. Kawhi Leonard, not not feeling that. I'm sorry. And LeBron, legit candidate every year for the past ten years. At least the last seven for sure. You know, including this. I mean, come on now. But for the sake of this argument, I'm going to remove LeBron James and uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, because, I mean, he playing for Pop, but it's not like he's what he's doing is super impressive. I mean, I know you guys love the D, but I've, I think you just like Kawhi Leonard and you just – you know, want to favor him because really, honestly, I don't like Draymond Green that like as a as a player. But Draymond Green, man, he should have been the defensive player of the year the past two years, and including this year too. I'm just seeing the guy do stuff that's ridiculous. You know, he the heart uh, of their team defensively. Kawhi Leonard, you know, he looks good. The only reason we call him a good defender and. Uh, Nick Wright said, said it too, and I completely agree. Is because one they the series they beat LeBron, he he got the MVP, so it was pretty much like man, 
the guy that got the MVP over LeBron. You know, pretty much that's how the finals go. The guy that that does well against LeBron is like, even when uh, Iguodala got the MVP, it was because, you know, he was a primary defender on LeBron, or so to say, um, you know, the 2015 season. Even though LeBron averaged 36, uh, pretty much a triple-double. Something ridiculous. I don't even remember or care to even look. If y'all remember that, straight up. Um, but okay, this year's MVP race. We got Harden and Westbrook. Harden and Westbrook. Harden and Westbrook. So I'm just looking at it. I'm gonna uh, bring up the uh, stats right quick because I probably should already had it up, but. I know Westbrook averaging 31 point something, 31.9. James averaging 29.2. He's second in scoring. So, uh, <laughs> 31.9 to me, 31.9, that's 32. You know, when you learn math, is it that's 32. He's averaging 32 points and he's averaging 10.4 assists. And he actually has, uh, what what was it? He need twenty nine more assists. So imagine that. Here here's the, here's the math for you. When you want to look at it, what what you need to average in the season is eighty two games. So if you want to average ten rebounds and ten assists, you need eighty two times ten. That would be eight hundred and twenty. Um, Russell Westbrook has seven hundred. I mean eight hundred and nine assists. Yeah, 809 assists and 791, uh, no, 791, no, 809 rebounds, 791 assists. So he's going to crack this record by the next time I record a podcast. And he's already at 40 triple doubles. The record is 41, um, set by Oscar Robertson in 1962, blah, blah, blah. We heard the whole, the whole thing before. But... Also, coming along with this whole ride that we're seeing on this, man, Westbrook been getting the most hate that I've ever seen for a, a, an MVP candidate. It's like, honestly, I didn't think Steph Curry was was a unanimous MVP. That kind of pissed me off that we just going to just say, well, just bow down and just unite. Seriously? It was that good of a season? So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased one way or another. But I'm just looking at it as like Westbrook getting the most hate. They coming up with advanced defensive stats per 36 minutes. And like doing all this stuff trying to, you know, say it's rebounds. Ain't nothing. Like if you really know the game of basketball, you know. If you got an athletic guard and some big, like, to, first off, you from one of the first fundamentals you learn in basketball is boxing out, okay? You, I'm looking at this video. Um, you probably seen it. It's been shared on Facebook that Russell Westbrook's patent. You've probably seen it on different TV networks, podcasts, and print, whatever you, you know, however you consume your sports entertainment. But I guess he's not... Uh, putting a hand up and uh, defending jump shots or, or whatnot. Here's my thing for that. In the NBA, by the time you get to that point, a hand, unless you're blocking, going to make the block 
a hand in the face or in the area is not gonna affect a shooter. It's muscle memory at that point. You've been doing that for for years, you know, 20 years of your life, whatever, however old you are, you've been doing that the majority of your life. A hand in the face really don't distract that. So it's kind of more efficient for Russell Westbrook to get the rebound for his team. And here's the thing, on his team, anybody that gets the rebound, uh, except for pretty much uh, Olin Depot, Nobody else really handled the ball. They gonna pass the ball to Russell Westbrook anyways. Wouldn't it be more efficient for him to get the rebound himself and we just sprint down the court? Because he averages, you know, uh, over 10 assists a game, so you can get an easy bucket. I think that's pretty efficient. That's just me, though. But it's just all this stuff coming coming out and it's like, but like, man, Cap's really kind of hating on Russ for a reason. Like, y'all got that KD mentality. Like, you know what I'm saying? They said KD actually um, in talks with his agents and talks with uh, Roy Williams. He's um, trying to uh, go back to college and uh, play for UNC. But, uh, but I don't know. I If I had a vote, I got to vote for Westbrook because what he's doing, we haven't seen since 1962. I was 55 years ago, and I just had to go back and see what what was it like 55 years ago? How hard could it have been to add, try average a triple double? Like what was it, what was he doing? So I went back to 1962. Nobody here listening probably you know was around then, and if you are, shout out to you for real. All right, so. Boston won the championship that year. Bill Russell was the MVP that year. So he averaged 16.9, 23.9, and 3.4. So pretty much 17 and 24. But, you know, the Celtics had a, a pretty dominant squad. He didn't have to score that much because at the end of the day, he got 11 rings. So that's what he was there for. Um. So I looked at it. So what, uh, Oscar Robertson? What, what, what did he do? You know, he averaged uh, a triple double that year. Everybody, everybody knows that, and it was like, but it was like, how many points did he score? Like, what type of triple double was it? Was it a, uh, you know, it's some cheap, you know, not cheap, but like them ten, ten and tens. That's like kind of pointless, but. Oscar Robinson, he came in a league, you know, obviously he's going to get the points, but his first year in league, which was the year prior, the 60-61 season, he averaged 9.7 and 10.1 rebounds. So pretty much to me, when you do rounding 9.7, that's that's 10. You know, so he averaged a triple-double that year. Second year, 62 the year we're talking about, he averaged 12.5 and 11.4 uh, rebounds first, assist second. So clear but the third year you know this don't count either he averaged 10.4 rebounds and 9.5 assists you know when you learn rounding and you're going by ones 0.5 you round up <laughs> this year they didn't count this as a a, a, a triple double either the 63 64 season he averaged 9.9 rebounds and 11 point yeah and 11 uh assists a game 9.9 and he didn't count that 
Okay, after that, it was 9 and 11, and then, you know, progressively, you know, he wasn't averaging a triple-double, but still, you know, close. His career numbers is uh, 7.5 rebounds, 9.5 assists, so he was always, you know, around there. But really, when you look at it, his first uh, four years in the league, Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double. On bystanders, I would have counted that, but the only official one is you know 1962 season. But the thing was, he wasn't. He averaged uh, like 30.8 points a game, and he was tied for fourth leading scorer, and really fifth because Elgin Baylor he only played 48 games, so he didn't count. But he averaged 38, 38 and 18 by the way. Uh, but Will averaged 50 that year. <laughs> 50 points, man. Straight up, out the gate, man. 50 points. And uh, here's the thing, though. He This is 50.4 points. That's an unbelievable stat. And I know he averaged like 25 rebounds or at least 20 or something that, that, that year. But the most shocking thing that I read on his stat line was he averaged 48.5 minutes per game. Damn! How do you average 48.5 minutes per game? So I'm like, like, how is that possible? You know, they, they play 80 games in a season. Um, I looked it up. He did. He played every minute in every game except for uh, one game he got thrown out on his third technical. So he, it wasn't even a rule today because after two, you kicked out. Um, but he had three technicals one game. He got kicked out. But he played every single minute of every game, and he averaged fifty. But he, but he averaged forty-eight point five minutes per game. So he almost was at one point per minute, which is a pretty good rate, you know. But yeah, that's a yeah, that's a that's solid. There was another guy that was second in the league in scoring. Uh, his name was Walt. Walt Bellamy, he was a rookie that year. He won rookie of the year. He averaged 31 and 19 out the gate. Uh, So I don't really know too much about him. Uh, Bob Pettit was third in the league. Um, Played for the St. Louis Hawks. It was just a different league. It was only nine teams in the league. So it was pretty much like you knew your matchups and you knew exactly who was going to get buckets and what it was. And, and I'm kind of curious to see, like, what was the matchups uh, against each other? Like, like how was y'all all putting up these crazy, ridiculous numbers, man? Um, but that was 1955, man. That was a long time ago. And this is now. And because we ain't seen that in 55 years, just that alone... We have to make sure that Russell Westbrook gets the MVP solely. I was thinking, like, you know, split it him and James Harden. You know, it is what it is. But James Harden is I'm not saying he's not the MVP. But he's the reason why they're winning games. But not anybody. I can't even say. I mean, not anybody could do that. But it's he's in a nice system with a nice scheme. He has shooters. Like, imagine if Russell Westbrook had shooters around him. How many more assists he would get? 
You know, James Harden, I'm sure he's getting at least at least five assists a game, four or five assists a game from wide open threes that he that he, you know, passes the ball to. Russell Westbrook get all his assists lightweight. You see it in the paint. Rarely, I mean, sometimes it's a three and it's always wide open, but it's always a dump off in the paint or a bounce pass, a pocket pass, something like that. Like, he got to make everything shake for the team. There's nothing without him. Nothing. Uh, but that's that, man. All right, what we got next? All right, NFL. NFL free agency started. It was kind of whack to me. I ain't really cared too much. Uh, I do. The one thing, though, that I'm going to just watch out now that made me raise my eyebrows. I know a lot's happened, but um, Deshaun Jackson to the Bucks is, might be a problem. Jameis Winston, you know, he already got uh, Mike Evans over there. And you got the big body, and then you got the speedster. And that combination with a quarterback like Jameis Winston, you've seen what he did with it at Florida State with Benjamin and uh, Green. So, got that. He got the running game. Um, watch out for the Bucks, man. And you already know the AFC, I mean, NFC South is, I mean, you've seen how it went the last two years. Uh, Falcons, uh, Carolina, and Carolina just fell off after. So, you know, that's that's a, that's up in the air over there. So, uh, keep an eye out over there. The other big news about the whole NFL was the fact that Colin Kaepernick, you know, he, he he's looking for work. You know, he got to get signed. And... The the big word was blackball. It's calling calling Kaepernick blackball. Me personally, I do not want to believe it's it's about race. I do, on the other hand, believe that there are some owners that do not want that type of attention, you know, on their team. Um, a lot of teams, you know, want to be straightforward. Or pretty much like on the they don't want to go one way or the other. They don't want to say you know we we do this or we don't. Um, you know they want to keep status quo with with, with all the fans. So they don't want to pretty much lean one way or another. And, and Colin Kaepernick made strong stances, and he been in the community like crazy. You know, uh, just giving out money. Uh, you you always see him so. It's, it's, it's pros and cons to it as as an owner. You know, I know a lot of black people don't like it. It's a bad look. But when you look at the way NFL free agency works, there are a couple hot periods where, you know, where free agents are, are going and they want to move and, and things are going. It's, you know, like that first day you get your first big splashes. Um, the first week, you know, maybe a couple more, you know, people talk to teams or whatever. After that, it kind of goes, it's a dormant period where you're just waiting around until after the draft and around, uh, you know, training camp, mini camp, all that, you know, just, you know, because players get hurt. Um, somebody's going to get arrested for drugs or DUI or something and kicked out the league. It's just not right now isn't the time to go after, you know, if nobody else is, why are you offering a huge contract to somebody? And Colin Kaepernick, he's not asking for a, a super low ticket. I know he he had a more productive. I went back and looked at the numbers. He had a more productive year than I thought he did. I just didn't notice it because the Niners was losing. 
So, you know, that's how it goes. But Colin Kaepernick will be picked up by a team. I don't know if or if he won't be starting. We'll see about that. We'll see if he plays into it. But, you know, just just loosen up. If he's not on the team by preseason, then maybe we can start start complaining. But it's just this the uh, the period in the NFL where ain't nothing really shaking with free agents. Either the good ones already kind of gone, and now it's kind of like you, you you plan to market right now. So we'll see how that goes. All right. I ain't talked about Tony Romo except uh, the fact that I hate it, or I think I say this. I don't even know if I've been thinking this or if I said it, but the fact that um, they've been trying to pin Tony Romo on the Broncos. As you know or may not know, I'm a Denver Broncos diehard fan, been since day one. That's all, that's all it's ever been. The media ever since, you know, it's been, even before it was for sure that, you know, he wouldn't, what we knew anything about Tony Romo, the media been trying to get Tony Romo to go to the Broncos. And it's like, we don't want him. Everything that I've read from the Broncos and, you know, representatives and uh, and everything, John Elway, they are working to develop their young quarterbacks. You know, quarterbacks, we had a horrible line last year. Trevor Simeon, Trent Simeon, he showed pretty good flash. He's a good decision maker. I like him. I can't be mad. But anywho, so he came down to the breaking news. Tony Romo, Tony Romo, <laughs> signing to CBS. What? CBS. What? <laughs> And I'm just cracking up. Like, this is funny to me, man, because every time I turn to the ESPN, the FS1s, and everything, it's all, it's so much Romo. It's sickening. Like, and there was all these speculations. And like I said, man, they was trying to push him to the Broncos. Like, they wanted him to win so bad. Push him to Houston. Like, and both times, even like Houston. Reports were saying like, nah, we even if they release him, we're not trying to pick him up as a free agent. We're definitely not trading for him. So Tony Romo about to be thirty-seven. We all know his injury history. I guess he played five games the past two years. He said, you know what? Instead of taking you know second-tier quarterback money, let me just go to CBS. And there was a lot of, you know, all the companies was after him trying to see what's up. ESPN didn't mention them themselves or ABC. I got a feeling, though, that they was probably, probably were because every headline is always Tony Romo anyways. Um, but he's going to CBS and he's taking over Phil Simms' starting spot. I like Phil Simms. He get to be with Jim Nance now. You probably don't know Jim Nance. You probably do. If you're listening to this, you probably do. But if you're just listening because you know me, you might not know Jim Nance, but you know his voice. If you watch anything on CBS, you know, golf or whatever, like, you know Jim Nance for short. So 
pretty much he QB one in a different whole industry and and Tony Romo cool. I'm not gonna have to ever say nothing again about no Tony Romo. So so I'm cool with that, man. Straight up. All right. And like I said, and I reiterated many times, I've missed a lot. But, man, I got to touch a little bit on the music side, man. It's been a great year for the music, man. Just all around, like, Migos started it off. It was a good, just uh, the name, the title, culture. You know? And the songs was hard before I first even heard it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the whole thing when I first heard it, T-shirt. You know, I thought that was the coldest song, Bad Bougie. You know, and I was still rocking. They was doing their thing. And I'm just curious, man. I got to know, man. Quavo kind of leaning leaning out, man. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the new edition story. But Ralph Tresvent had that same, same situation. The difference is, though, you know... New Edition, they pretty much family. They grew up as kids and they moms, you know, was in the same circle after they got together. So it's been forever. But Migos, really family, you know, take off and offset. One of them is uh, Quavo's nephew. One of them is his cousin, something like that. But, you know, they was pretty much raised together. So that's real, real family. But at the same time, every time you turn around, you see, blah, 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 featuring Quavo. Russ ain't there. You could check the whole, you know what I'm saying, the whole album. Quavo on everything. You know what I'm saying? Takeoff ain't even getting no part on, on Bad and Bougie. Did anybody even notice? Anybody? Nah. You know what I'm saying? So Quavo is the heartbeat, you know what I'm saying, to Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? The Beyonce of it. But it's up to you, man. You seen what happened to Ralph, man. He let everybody that was around him. He was the most talented. He did the most work. Everybody around him eating more than him. You know? He ain't got nothing. So, think about that, Quavo. But, all right. So, Migo started it off. Big Sean. Big Sean, one of my favorites. I don't understand why Big Sean don't get the love that he deserves because he's one of the hardest lyricists out right now. Straight up. I don't I don't understand. I don't know. I decided I loved it. It was, you know, the concept of it was good. It was pretty much, you know how you always say, if I known then what I know now, man, that's the album. You know what I'm saying? It was the older him talking to himself now and him making decisions as if he said like he lived through twice. So, Every song go on order. Uh, I like a few songs, but No Favors kind of stuck out because it was Eminem. And then I was thinking about it. You know, like, you know, they both from Detroit. But, you know what I'm saying? He chose to put them on that song because it was pretty much like he been doing this. You know what I'm saying? But Eminem never gave him No Favors. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you're from the D, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I've been waiting for this. You know what I'm saying? This is the first time, you know what I'm saying, he on the song with him. I've been waiting for this for a long time, and you know what I'm saying? It finally came this year, so ain't and nobody doing no favors to Big Sean. I think he had a great album. I was playing it and for a minute, you know what I'm saying? Pretty much until the, uh, you know, the Ross and the Drake. 
The future, I gave that some play. You know what I'm saying? I, think, I ain't really too big on future. I ain't too bad on him. But it's pretty much like future the way some people, I guess, would probably look at Russell Westbrook. Like, they're like, oh, look at this shooting percentage. Like, he's horrible. Like, like, just talking all this. Future going to go hard in the studio, play as hard as he does, just like Russell Westbrook does on the court. It's going to be some turnovers. You feel me? It's going to be some dumb mistakes. It's going to be some stupid songs, some stupid bars or whatever. But at the end of the day, you see the production at the end of the day. And it's like, you can't deny that he putting in work. You know what I'm saying? He dropped two different albums for like two different fan bases. So whether it's a low shooting percentage or not, you look at the end of the thing with the points. Future going to have a few hits off both of them albums. Um. Then we go straight to the Ross. When that came out, I'm like, man, this Ross going to be hard. I still wasn't believing this more life was dropping, to be honest. I just I just don't believe it until I see it most days. So I was cool with the Ross. whole album was solid. I feel like Ross, you know, in um, uh, Industry Rule 4080, they touched on, they, you know what I'm saying, them uh, Kilo, they really, you know what I'm saying, they killed all this. So that's why I'm just kind of just touching base on it. But Ross pretty much the same cat. He used the same formula, but it's good. It's like a great double-double player in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? You know exactly what work you're going to get from it. You know what you're going to get. Don't expect too much, but you know what I'm saying? He's going to put in his work every time. It was a solid album. My favorite song was The Apple of My Eye. And it was just like, you know what I'm saying? That was a great, um, you know what I'm saying, start to it. And the coolest thing about the whole thing was the producer. He is a future, uh, a football player at the um, University of Miami. So he playing for the Hurricanes down there in Miami. And in his spare time, he making beats for Ross. He goes by major nine. So whether or not he choose to go to the NFL, man, it looked like, you know what I'm saying, we going to be hearing about Chad Thomas or Major Nine, either way. So shout out to him. Another one, uh, even uh, so. That's the Ross. I loved it. Like I said, shout out to Major Nine, Chad Thomas. Same last name as me, so you know that's family. That's what everybody say. <laughs> that's what uh, Tris said when uh, you know. Oh yeah, man. I got it. My bad. I got it. Pumped the brakes on this. Braun and Trist was going at it, man. And Tristan, shout out to Tristan, man, because Tristan, the first cat I ever seen, like, going hard at LeBron, like, veins popping. It was a defensive assignment that somebody had missed, and they was playing the Pacers. Paul George was eating. I think Braun was pretty much frustrated and embarrassed because Paul George was hooping on him, and that was Braun's assignment at the time, but it didn't matter. But, you know what I'm saying? They end up going down and scoring, but Braun and Tristan was still on it. Usually, Braun signs every one of his teammates. Um, see uh, Mario Chalmers. So he going to sign everybody. And, you know what I'm saying? That's just the way it is. People just go with it. You know what I'm saying? I see Kyrie kind of defend himself. Not really even defend himself, but, you know, brush it off. But, 
I never seen nobody go at LeBron like Tristan Thompson said. After the thing, they asked him what was going on. He was like, pretty much, it was all saw family. It is what it is. While he was wearing this uninterrupted um, hoodie. So, you know, it's real over there. They got the same agent. Well, it was Bron's friend. So, it is. But, you know, Tristan also, the rumor was that Bron told Tristan, don't bring Chloe around, too. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring her to no games or nothing. Tristan told him, like, uh, nah, she coming to games. So, <laughs> hey, you got to love Tristan for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might be LeBron James on the court, but, like, flat out, I'm a man. But back to this more life. All right, so more life, man. Drake, you know, to me, views wasn't a classic. It, it was just something he put out. Felt like a legal reasons type thing. Um, just, you know, throw it out there that people need. Just to feed people. You know how, like, when you're eating dinner and, you know, your mom, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your girlfriend, maybe it's your wife, or maybe it's your, you know, if you're a female, it's, you know, the other way around. You know, sometimes you, you fix dinner and you, you try real hard and it's the best meal ever. And then other times you just throw something together because you got to eat. That's what Views was to me. He just, you know, threw it together because, you know, uh, uh, I guess I got to do it. More life. The anticipation of it, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting Drake. But when you're expecting Drake, what do you expect? I don't know. We don't see. So he, you know, labeled it as a playlist, whatever that is, pretty much, um, I'm Apple, <laughs> but you know it was released on you know all the um streaming. But this more life, it was like the classic Drake. I heard the old Drake, you know, like that old Drake, um, like how he used to sound, you know, like compared to the uh, the time around uh, comeback season and so far gone the mixtape, like that feeling, you know. On that passion fruit. Man, it sounded weird at first, but then I thought about that little bit off the uh, So Far Gone. It was like, man, it's still rock. Like, Drake, Drake doing his thing. He been doing his thing, man. Um, but I don't know what's my favorite song on it, man. Um, He was getting that cat's, I don't know. I kind of like that glow. I be singing that out loud. And that old Kanye sounded like, like that Kanye sounded like an old Kanye type how he would be back you know 10 years ago 15 years ago um More Life classic it's not the best Drake album but the way it's put together you take away the uh the British cats man it's not that they bad I just don't think you know come on but, you know, Drake trying to take over a different country or whatever every time he come out now. So, you know, you got to open up that. <laughs> you know, I know his show is doing numbers over there. You know, he missed the show. He missed the Grammys to be over there. So, so we expecting a lot back, I'm sure. All right. All right. Now, this was, uh, this was uh, something crazy, man. Uh, Suge Knight. You know he's um arrested. He's a he 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 he's on trial. He's about to go on trial for murder. 
um, during, I don't know if it was a taping or something with uh, the movie, straight out of Compton. He had beef for one of the talks. He ended up running over somebody and killing them. And, you know, so he's, he's, he's locked up for that. So now he's trying to plead that, you know, that was, you know, he feared his life. He was just trying to get out. He didn't mean to harm anybody. And so in the affidavit, and this is all going to be a, a documentary that everybody listening to this is probably going to watch because who don't like a two-part documentary? Um, but pretty much, uh, Suge Knight said the first attempt on his life was when Pac got killed. So pretty much he says his ex-wife, Sharitha something, and uh, an ex-security guard, Reggie White, not... Uh, not the football player, Reggie White Jr. something. Um, he said they they tried to kill him. He only got grazed in the incident. Pac got hit multiple times. Pac died. So, you know, there's been so many conspiracy theories. Pac ain't dead. He alive. Shook, set him up. So, so on and so forth. Whatever. So, pretty much, Shook, Shook, Got nothing to lose because he's face, facing murder, you know. So he's uh, changing up the whole narrative of something he hasn't spoken on in over 20 years, you know, that the shots was aimed for him. I don't believe it, but I do think it's a very interesting story. And I'm going to can't wait for the uh, documentary to come out. Um, but let's see. That's pretty much, man, all I got, man. It's really not too much else I got to say. But uh, I'm about to go ahead and get out of here. My son is waking up from his nap. So I'm on daddy duty. And I ain't going to miss that many weeks again, man. I'll holler.